Welcome to the Real Sisters of Sobriety. We're real sisters and we're real sober. Hosted by the creator and founder of No Booze Babes, Shay Gomez, and her sober sister, Sydney. Let's get real, babes. Hello, babes. Welcome to the Real Sisters of Sobriety podcast. I'm the older sister, Shay. I'm the youngest sister, Sydney. And we have a very special episode in store for you today because today we have a very special guest, my boyfriend, Matthew. Thank you for having me on the show. Yay. Hi, babe. I'm I'm excited to be here. Usually I'm on the other side of this, just listening. Yeah. Matt is a total rock star. He edits our podcasts. He is working the boards. Um, He helps me so much with No Booze Babes and he has just been the most incredible partner, incredibly supportive partner um, through my sober journey. I really couldn't have done it without you, babe. Well, thanks. I'm liking that intro. That's pretty good. (laughs) I'll take that. A little bit about Matt and I is that we actually met junior year of high school. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. One of like my first days in high school and he's like, Hey, uh, welcome to Dana Hills. Uh, just like the cutest, nicest guy ever. He is like one of the nicest guys ever. Um, and then we dated for close to five years through, um, college. We broke up like a couple months before, uh, we graduated college and then we were actually apart for four years. Um, and that was when my drinking was the heaviest, which I've talked about quite a bit. We can get into that in this episode. Um, but then, yeah, we kind of came back together and reunited and started dating each other again. And I mean, I think it's always, he's always been the one for me. So, okay. Now this well, is getting way too me. cheesy. Yeah, you're the is. one that I want. <laughs> Wait, okay. how long have you guys been together now? Um, two and a half years this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe no, almost three. Okay, yeah. Well, I feel like for this podcast, I have a lot of questions Okay, because it's like interesting to watch your guys' relationship. And also like Matt is so supportive of me. I feel like I'm in the relationship as well. Like every milestone, he's like, congrats. It's like, he's so amazing. That's why like anyone I date, I'm like, well, you're not congratulating me. So (laughs) (laughs) he sets the bar high. Yeah, he sets it really high. But anywho, let's start with these questions that I have for you Sid came prepared. I'm like, I'm going to step aside for this. If you have any questions for both of us, whatever you want. I feel like I'm in the hot seat. I'm looking over here. There's a list is like a whole page long. Oh, don't be scared. It's stuff we've it's talked about, fire. honestly, right. like just like couch talk. But the first one I have to say is, um, have you seen like a difference in Shay from being sober from when she was drinking? Like what are some positives or if there are any negatives, which probably aren't, but let's hear what you have to say. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a, a a massive positive change in Shay's personality and also physical personality as well. Um, you know, Shay's a, you guys can see or listen to her on this podcast. She's a a bubbly, energetic, positive, wonderful human. Uh, but the one thing that kind of was a negative was her drinking and it was her personality changed while she was intoxicated, uh, as well as her feelings after a night out where maybe she drank too much. So you know, dealing with that hangover, dealing with the anxiety that comes along with what did I do last night? Um, what did I say to people, et cetera. Um, and so that, that self doubt, uh, a little bit of self-consciousness, um, was just so different than kind of the bright sunflower that you are. And so, uh, the, the, the change is that the wonderful person that you are when you weren't drinking to the wonderful person that you are all the time, because those negatives that come along with drinking are no longer there. I mean, we talked the other day, it was like, when was the last time you woke up with a splitting hang up, uh, a hangover with a headache? 
not since I last drank. Like you had these, you know, these things that you don't like, and then you stop drinking and then they're just gone. It's as easy as that. Um, so I'll see the, the, the big positives too, is that I think you're a lot more confident in yourself, right. And, and who you are and that this is who I am. This is my personality. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And here's who I am a lot more, more straightforward and, and genuine about it. And, um, you know, I, I had seen that throughout our relationship, but I think it's really come to the forefront over the last year. If you, you've kind of started to see it yourself and, and identify with exactly who you are. So I think that's a big one. Yeah. So you're like a very patient person at like the end of her drinking. Were you ever getting like impatient with like kind of the cycle that kept happening or what was that like? Yeah, I, I was a little bit right. And I, I think I've, I've told this to Shay before. It's not, not breaking news here on the podcast, but the, uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the, the only times I ever doubted our relationship was when you were drinking or when you were intoxicated or shortly thereafter, when I would think, is this going to be the rest of my life with these types of things happening again and again and again and again. And I think, you know, a lot of times people who drink, you have this thing, right. Where you say, Oh, I'm never going to do that again. Or, Oh, I'm not going to have that many again. Right. But then the cycle always comes back. So, um, it, it, it did get to a point, right. Where Jay, Jay, you said this in the last podcast where you would lock yourself in the shower, turn the shower on and then fall asleep. And in the New York plumbing, right? I mean, the water's not running out as quick as it's coming into that thing. So with the water coming up, it's a scary situation. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know why I would do that, I but would I do would that too. Don't have why to get a ladder to get to the window. Yeah, Matt would. Okay, I never even locked the bathroom door when, like, ever, except for when I was drinking. That I was think, like weirdly my thing. I think it was because we were like embarrassed. Like, I didn't want someone to see me like that. So, like in my mind, I think I just locked the door because I was like. I don't want them to see me, but then also how dangerous is that? Right. Yeah. And I think it was, sorry to interrupt, but it was hard um, for me the next day when I was hungover because, you know, a lot of the times when I was drinking, I would either get in like a little fight with you over nothing. And I wouldn't even remember what the fight was about. And I was the instigator because I was so intoxicated and um, I just felt so much shame. And also I felt so much shame in the fact that Sometimes I couldn't remember what I even said, or did I say something hurtful to you? And like, you're one of the most important people in my life. So it was a huge red flag for me and a huge, like, it was like looking in a mirror and saying like, oh my God, like, who is this person I'm becoming? Like, am I the type of person who hurts people they love or starts fights with people that they love? Um, so it really helped me to see like, you are such an incredible person and I never wanted to lose you. I never wanted to tarnish our relationship. Um, so, I mean, the fact that you're really supportive too, obviously was everything, but anyway, well, I'm, so, really, I'm really proud of you too, because you had voiced to me before you stopped drinking that you did not like the characteristics that you were showing. Right. And so instead of saying, oh, I don't like these characteristics and I wish that it was different. And then hoping that something would change, you made the change, right? You, you called your friend and you said, I, something has, this, something has to happen here. And you made the change, you saw the results and then continue to sustain that action and that change. And have changed your life for the, for the better. I know that you're feeling it and I know that we can all see it. Yeah. I remember like getting texts from you and stuff and you're like, I feel so bad. I don't even know why we were fighting. Like, this is my partner. This is who I want to be with. I feel like at the end of the road, it was like, I feel like you thought you were tarnishing your relationship with Matt because of your drinking. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, it's different when you're single. Like I didn't care. I was just like, I, you know, I can tarnish the relationship with myself, which that's so sad and toxic, but like, I was so fine with that. But when it came to another person and I realized that 
my drinking was affecting a relationship, um, it really put things into perspective for me. Yeah. So another question, Matt, do you ever feel weird? Like when you're going out or like with you're with Shay, if you're drinking, I know you only have like one drink or whatever it is, but does it make you look at things differently because of it? Yeah. Particularly at the beginning, right? I, I did have some issues drinking around Shay. It was less, it was less me worried about having a drink and more me not knowing how to present alcohol to you. Like, I didn't know what was triggering. Is it going to be hard for Shay to have me, you know, to, to have alcohol around and me having a good time with it? Is it, it, I really didn't understand that, that dynamic. And you would say to me, Oh no, it's fine. Like you do you, I'm doing this for me. This is about me, but I still kind of, I didn't really know where that comfort level was and what, if what I was doing was going to be the best way to support you and on your journey, because to be honest, like one beer on a football game is not worth to me, uh, jeopardizing your sobriety. Right. And so you've been great though of saying, Hey, it's not a big deal to me. And, And as we've gotten further, I've realized that it isn't, and it's not something that's triggering. And if it is, I know and trust that you would tell me, uh, Hey, this is something that is a little bit too much for me. And, you know, I appreciate if we could figure something else out here. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that you're so just aware of that and you're thinking of me, you know, which is so sweet. Um, but like, what would you say to someone who has a partner who doesn't know how to support them or doesn't know, you know, obviously you were kind of navigating, like I was navigating my sobriety and that was a lot for me, but like, I didn't even realize that you were also navigating my sobriety being like, is this going to be triggering? And that was very thoughtful. Um, how would like, what advice would you give to someone who is a partner of someone who doesn't drink anymore? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the, the number one thing is to communicate, right? No one can read your mind and it, particularly in situations where your emotions are, are big, right? Big, there's big emotions through going through sobriety or whatever your mental health issues are. When there's big emotions there, it's even more difficult for people to understand and see what's going on inside your head. Right. Um, so just talking to the person and saying, Hey, here's where I'm at. And particularly with someone you're in a relationship with, if you can't have that type of discussion, then maybe you should reevaluate that relationship in general. Right. I mean, you're with someone to have a better life, right? One plus one equals three. You're together are greater than the sums of the parts. So if you can't have a conversation about what's going to make you have a better life or what's going to make you happier or more stable or more the person that you want to be, well, that's a red flag right there. Now, two, sometimes you have the conversation, right? But there's a disagreeance. A lot of people love alcohol. It's a very big part of their life, their tradition, their friendships, um, everything they do, right? It has, uh, has some things to do with alcohol. And that's okay too. But you, again, need to have a conversation around what's going to be okay for you, what's going to be okay for your partner. And is there a middle ground there that you can find? Now, it might take work. It might take some change. Um, but you have to, to work towards that um, because I think sobriety and alcoholism are issues that you need support with, or at least need neutrality with. You can't have someone that's taking you the opposite way that you want to go. And so it comes down to your priorities, right? Like, are you going to prioritize your sobriety and your health there? Or are you going to prioritize this relationship with someone who's taking me the other way? Um, long story short, you have to communicate and you have to be straightforward. And I know that it's nerve wracking. And I know that when you have you know, feelings and emotions and not so with sobriety with me, but with other things, it's difficult to come over the hump to have that conversation, but that's why you have a relationship. That's why you're with your partner. So you can have those things and you can have a partner in life to, to talk through these things and go forward. with. 
And he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Every time I have a conversation with Matt or I'm struggling with something, like, I just am like, wow, please just talk to me because you give such great advice. I mean, I feel so lucky that you're so supportive. I think I completely agree with what you say. Communication is key. Um, And, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, I just just think like, (laughs) even when you answered that, like, it wasn't about you. You were saying, I'm worried about how she feels when I drink like a beer you were putting her first, which is so important because she's the one that's starting this journey and you're there to support her. And like, I didn't even expect you to answer it like that. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, Oh, like I questioned myself or whatever it was, but for you to put her first is like so amazing. And if like your partner's not supporting you, break it up. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We're not telling you that, but yeah, just but you have the conversation have yeah. and like, say you need support and you need someone to act differently because like Matt said, like you're there to grow with each other and you're there to better each other. And if they're not bettering you, then there's no point. Then bye. Yeah. Um, just, just to reiterate too, like, you know, I think people say communicate and communication is key and like it's taken lightly, lightly, but it's really a huge thing in relationships, right? You, you need to have your feelings vocalized because people aren't going to be able to read your mind. So if there's one thing you can take away from this is just vocalize those feelings and, and, and where you're at in your headspace with your partner. And that's going to lead you to much more success than going the other way. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I think it's, I mean, communication is key in any relationship. Um, but I feel like we've always been very open about things. And I think the only time that I was kind of hiding stuff or shameful was when I was drinking because I, I was ashamed and I didn't know how to, I didn't want you to look at me differently. Like not that you would judge me, but I wanted to always be the best that I could for you. Um, and I honestly think that ditching alcohol has made me be a better partner to you. I hope, I mean, you can answer that, but, um, I'm able to like be there and be present and actually remember these moments and look across the dinner table and like, remember our great, cause we have great deep conversations. And, um, I think sometimes we would have those over a bottle of wine and it would get a little fuzzy for me. And it's like, I missed out on some of those little moments. Yeah. And you were never a bad partner to me at all. I mean, the, the biggest change is I think the, the change that I've seen in you and in your values of yourself, right. In your treatment of yourself. Uh, but I won't lie. Like we did have discussions where the next day I would reiterate and bring up things that we, we had said or, or discussed and the memory just wasn't wasn't there for it. And you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah. It's hard to talk to someone that doesn't even remember it. And you're like, well, you really made me mad last night, but she had like, or, or like, hey, have no idea why. we had a great conversation. You don't even remember that. Like that's, mm-hmm. that sucks too. Yeah. That's really bad. And then you have to like kind of pretend like you did remember, but you're trying to piece it together. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> um, so what going back from like, now being sober and stuff and now like seeing her just in being her self hundred percent of the time, what are you guys like excited for, like for your future? Like, has it made it look at your future differently or like, are you more excited about like what's next? I, I'm just so much more confident in our relationship um, on, on both sides because I, I, I think I used to get frustrated with you when you would drink in excess and I haven't had that. Like I, I've never, I have not been frustrated with you at all. Um, and it just makes me happy with how open we can be with each other. I think that we were open to start, but, uh, through this sobriety and through this journey that you've gone on, we've, we've become even closer and and more real with each other. I mean, I know that anytime you say something, you're saying that through clear eyes, right? Um, the only, the only times I ever 
like caught you in a white lie or in those types of situations where we're with alcohol involved. And honestly, it's been over a year now and we haven't had any of that. So what does that say for our future? If that's not no longer to be a part of the, the equation, that's all pluses to me. Yeah. And I think when I think about our future, like, obviously I want to marry you and this is a proposal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, I think even ahead of that, and I know Sid and I have talked about this on the podcast, um, that we're going to be, you know, once we're parents, like I will always be available for my kids. I will never be that mom that's hung over the next day trying to play with my kids, but I'm really miserable inside. Or if my kids ever need a ride somewhere or, you know, they're teenagers and they're like, Hey, I need you to pick me up. Like I feel weird at this person's house or something. Like it's never going to be an issue for me to get behind the wheel of a car or anything like that. Um, I'll be able to like be fully present for our relationship, for our future children. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been incredible. Um, so do you think that you're like, I know we've talked about you and like how you've tried no booze bevs and you're all about trying those new things with me, which is super fun. Um, but do you think your drinking's lessened? I know you've, you've never been a big drinker, but like, how has your relationship changed with alcohol? If anything, since I ditched the booze, my intake has definitely lessened. Um, I was, I was never the one to like bring the alcohol or be the one going for it, I would always join people or I mostly would join people. Right. So if we went out to dinner and someone else would say, Hey, we should get a bottle of wine. I'd say, yeah, that sounds great. Let's, let's, let's go down that. And particularly with you. Right. Um, so when you stop drinking our, our nightly wine or having a cocktail on a, you know, Wednesday after work, those types of things went away. Um, and I didn't really replace those. So yeah, my intake has gone down considerably. Um, the, the, the cool thing is the non-alcoholic, um, alternatives that you've come across, you've found some that are actually really delicious. Uh, and so what I found is that sometimes like when I, I do really enjoy beer with football food and snacks, I think it's a phenomenal combination on a Sunday when you're watching the NFL with your family and friends. Um, and so what's great is I can have a beer or two and then the rest of the day drink non-alcoholic beers and know that I can drive home that night, that tomorrow I'm going to feel fine. And I feel like I'm not missing out on anything. Yeah. So but you've, you've really brought me to that because before <laughs> No Booze Babes, I would have never in a million years thought of drinking a non-alcoholic beer because I, I tried one before and it was horrible. And then I just never went back to it again and didn't think there was any other option than the St. Pauli girl or whatever the yeah. one is that, you know, everyone has. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I know we've kind of talked about this, but for people who don't know, um, how, how did you handle like telling your friends? What did you ever feel weird? Like, Hey, Shay doesn't drink now. Or, you know what I mean? Like how, how does, has anything shifted for you in that way? Like when I first got sober or when I finally decided I'm never drinking again, you know, like did anything change for you? And no, 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 nothing changed for me. I think, um, in my group of friends, we had, uh, one of my good friends is also sober. So our, our group had already been around sober people knew that you know, you had a prep for sober people during a, a party, et cetera. So when you decided to be sober as well, it was kind of, okay, great. Another, another person that's, that's sober. Um, there's a big stigma around it. And I, I don't really understand why a preference on liquid intake has such a stigma around it. But at the end of the day, um, if you have friends who love you and support you, it doesn't matter if you're drinking a non-alcoholic beer or regular beer it has zero impact on your conversations with them, your relationship with them. 
Uh, and that's really what it is at the end of the day. So anything negative or anything outrageous that comes from it is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we've been pretty, um, nice this whole time. Are there any bad stories you want to share about me <laughs> other than no. me falling asleep in the shower? No, I mean, <laughs> you're so nice that you would yeah. ever do that to me. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, it, you know, everyone's just trying to be their best self. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you, when you find your best self and you find a way to improve yourself, I think it's uh, an incredible thing to take the action on it and go for it. And I think one of the things that I'm most impressed by you with is I think it's, it's easy to forget why you did something, particularly as time goes on, right? Why, why am I doing this? Why am I, et cetera. But I think that you've really embodied who you are today in comparison to who you were while you were still drinking and stuck to it. And I think that you see it and I'm just really proud of you. Thanks, babe. It's so, um, you know, just to like look back and, um, you know, we've had very, a lot of open conversations about sobriety and my journey and support and everything. And, you know, I remember you mentioning that, um, the only times where you were doubtful of our relationship or me was, you know, drunk nights or stuff like that, where I got into weird situations or weird fights. Um, but then also on the flip side of that, once I got sober, us talking about that and the changes that had happened. And I know you were like, it was incredible for you to say, I'm not going to drink for three months. Like that was my original thing. And I stuck to it. And I feel like you like found that attractive that I actually like did something and I wanted, I saw something that I didn't like myself and I changed it. Um, so babes, if, if that's you, you know, that's such a great attribute. And I think like the fact that you pointed that out to me, like I would never think that that was something that was attractive, you oh, know? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's so cool. Now I think of it, I'm like, Ooh, baby, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like, you know, it's pretty cool that like me changing my life for the better is something that is attractive to my partner. I think that's like pretty freaking awesome. So one last, like really, we're going to get really deep here. Um, one last deep question. Uh, what's your favorite non-alcoholic that you've tried? <laughs> well, I'll say for like wine slash sparkly, groovy Prosecco. Heck to the, yeah. Like the first non-beer, non-alcoholic, a lot of nons in there that uh, like kind of surprised me. Like it was like, wow, this could, this is good. Like I can totally do this. Uh, and you can get a 10% discount by using the code, no booze babes. <laughs> nice plug. Thank you. <laughs> you have an ad in there. I know. I thought I just made myself. Um, but the, I think the, the best beer and the one that I, that I have the most is probably the Heineken 0.0. It's so widely available and it's so nice to see a massive brand really taking a jump and pushing towards a non-alcoholic market. And I think it tastes just as good as, as the original Heineken. And uh, it's actually really nice to see uh, the advertisements for it. It's becoming normal. You know, you see the, the drivers with the Heineken 0.0 commercials on television uh, and you see the banners all over the formula one. So yeah, they're doing good. things. That's super fun. Cause like on the weekends, Matt watches formula one and I just like see all the Heineken 0.0 banners. I'm like, yes, like I'm cheering on the banners and he's actually cheering on the drivers, you know, <laughs> but, I, but would, it's cool. I, would, I would recommend anyone to try the non-alcoholic beers and wines as well, whether you drink or you don't, uh, there's some good things really coming. So uh, it's kind of fun. It, it's fun to do a taste test, buy a few of them and, you know, see what yeah, you like. It's different. Instead of like going and drinking all the stuff you're used to, it's cool to see like the non-alcoholics and what they can do. And there's a much wider variety than regular beer. I feel like regular beer tastes like beer. Some non-alcoholics are horrendous. Some are good. It's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So you really got like a wide spectrum that you can go through a taste test. Pretty on. fun. 
Never know what you're going to get. Oh, babe, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Oh, babes. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the real sisters of sobriety. Again, if you ever have any questions, topics you want us to dive into any questions for Matt, we can bring him back. Email us at the real sisters of sobriety at gmail.com. I'm Shay. I'm Sydney. Keep it real, babes.